This episode of Proper English is brought to you by, um, more discourse markers and the idiom to bite someone's head off. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Carla in Sao Paulo, for your lovely feedback about last week's episode. She said, Just dropping by to say I absolutely loved this week's episode of Proper English. Awesome! Carla also said, As an ESL student, we are not taught discourse markers. I guess it's something you usually pick up from films, TV shows or interviews. That's why I didn't have a clue what discourse markers were until I listened to this week's episode. Mind you, I've been using them quite a lot. (laughs) You know what, Carla? You made us so happy we decided to do another one about discourse markers this week. Regular listeners will remember Carla from episode 51 in season 1 when we interviewed her. She's also given us a cracking idea about a future episode about stress and intonation. So, keep your ears open for that. Mm -hmm. And while we're at it, thanking people, a big shout out to Speaking Café Goya and the lovely Miriam in Argentina for inviting me again to take part in her conversation workshop this weekend. And a big shout out and thank you and well done to students Luisina, Florencia and Carlos. I'm already looking forward to the next one. Yay! Last time, Dave, we talked about some discourse markers commonly used in speech. We did, Ali. But... Did you know we also use discourse markers in formal writing? We use them in formal letters, essays and reports, and they help us to organise our writing logically. Ah, yes. Now, students tend to be able to use the linking words, firstly, secondly, thirdly, etc., quite easily. However, it's worth pointing out that you must make sure you're actually using them correctly. Mm Mm-hmm. It's easy to say secondly when actually you've made more than one point beforehand. Oh, I've seen that a few times. Oh, yeah. right. Let's look at some other discourse markers in groups. Okay. The essay in IELTS Writing Task 2 often requires you to give a point of view or present an argument. Oh, it does, yeah. So you could choose to open this with, in my opinion, or to begin with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you're writing a formal letter or work report, you may want to begin with something like regarding blah, 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 or with regard to. As your piece of writing develops, you will want to use linking words or phrases to introduce ideas and arguments or to show a contrast. Two popular expressions are on the one hand... And on the other hand... There's a glove. (laughs) Oh, shush. (laughs) (laughs) If you use on the one hand, you should follow it up with on the other hand. However, you can use on the other hand on its own to compare something. Oh, I think we definitely need some examples here. Okay, can you start us off? Well, you could say something like, on the one hand, nuclear power is clean. But you couldn't just leave it there. You would have to finish off with... But on the other hand, when it goes wrong, it really is a disaster. Keep it light, Ali. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the kind of topic you might be asked to discuss during IELTS. A different example. The starter was delicious. But on the other hand, the main course 
was disappointing. Whereas would work nicely in that second example too. Oh yeah, it would, yeah. The starter was delicious, whereas the main course was disappointing. What about other ways to make contrasts? Well, you can simply say in contrast, or you might choose to say in comparison with, or compared to. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, nonetheless, and however are also really useful. And nonetheless and nevertheless are favourite words of mine. But make sure you understand them. Listen carefully to these examples. She was tired. She'd had enough. Nevertheless, she persisted. Everyone knows smoking is bad for your health. Nonetheless, people still do it. I love that word. Which one? Nonetheless. Good, isn't it? Okay, lastly... Tony said he was going to enter the cheerleading competition. However, he changed his mind at the last minute. Here's a nice phrase. Not only, but also. Very good. When do we use that? Well, it's a bit of a nostalgia thing because going back to the 1960s, there used to be a television comedy programme called Not Only, But Also that had Peter Cook and Dudley Moore in. Mm. Yeah, Google them. They're very funny. <laughs> so, when do we use that? We use it to add emphasis. Not only did she forget my birthday, she also didn't even apologise for it. Keep it light, Dave. I'm just making it up. <laughs> Other ways of adding information are furthermore, in addition, and this is used quite a lot, I think, moreover. The council has increased spending this year on libraries. Furthermore, it has budgeted an extra 10% for next year. In addition to my previous point, Tony needs to consider whether or not he wishes to continue as captain of the team. Texting while driving is dangerous. Moreover, it is illegal in many countries. Mm, let's just pause there and make sure the usage is really clear. Okay. Listen to that sentence with the clauses swapped over. Texting while driving is illegal in many countries. Moreover, it is dangerous. Mm. It kind of changes the emphasis mm -hmm. in a way that reduces the impact. Hmm. Now, which is more important, illegal or dangerous? You decide. Two useful synonyms are as a result and consequently. This year's cohort were unable to sit their exams due to the pandemic. As a result, their teachers' predicted grades have been used. Nobody has been to the pictures during lockdown. Consequently, Cineworld are closing their cinemas. Oh, that's a shame, isn't it? Just temporarily, with a bit of luck. Phew. And how to finish your essay or report? I find students tend to be quite familiar with in conclusion. But like we mentioned at the beginning, sometimes it doesn't get used properly. Ah, yes. Your conclusion is your final point, your ending. So don't use it too soon. You can also say finally and more formally you can write in summary. Oh, I like that. Mm. In summary. Now, as an aside... You did something rather interesting there. Yay, good for me. What did I do? You said say. Right. Well, us native English speakers say say even when we mean right. Ah, yes. I said you can also say finally. 
when what I really meant was you can also write finally. Well, you know, we might also write in a message or an email, nice to hear from you. But of course, we didn't hear the other person speak. We only read their writing. Mm. English is hard sometimes, isn't it, Dave? It can be, Ali. It can be. And now it's time for Idiom of the Week. Idiom of the Week? Bite someone's head off. That's something neither of us would ever do, is it? Ali, where's that tin of chickpeas I bought yesterday? I don't know. What are you asking me for? I'm not the one who put them in the cupboard. Blimey. We might also snap someone's head off. Is tea nearly ready? Give me a chance, will ya? I spent 20 minutes trying to find the chickpeas. <laughs> when we bite or snap someone's head off, we overreact in an angry way. We've all had a boss that bit our head off. Probably more than one, and probably more than once. Oh yeah, I've had a few grumpy bosses. Let's use the expression in a couple of sentences. Don't be afraid to ask your English teacher to explain gerunds again. He won't bite your head off. I'm not going to the cafe on George Street again. The waitress nearly snapped my head off when I asked her for another napkin. What about the origin of the saying? I found a new website this week that I really like. It's got an easy name to remember. Theidioms.com Oh, yeah, that's nice and easy to remember. Are they sponsoring this episode? <laughs> I don't think we've got enough subscribers at the moment to attract any sponsorship. OK. So, back to the origins. Anyway, let me guess. It dates back to the 18th century. Yep. But it's been in use for much longer in a slightly different form. Yes, very good. Since the 1500s? Wow, impressive. Do you know what the original form was? Was it to bite someone's nose off? It was! Yay! You're good at this game. <laughs> yeah. Now then, there were a Dutch astronomer, or were he Danish? No, Danish astronomer called Tycho Brahe. Mm -hmm. And he had no nose. He had a metal nose. How did he smell? <laughs> he couldn't. He had no nose. <laughs> Yeah, but he had a metal nose, right? And do you know how he lost it? No. Yeah, it was through a duel. <laughs> yeah, somebody shot his nose off. Ow. I know. That's horrible. <laughs> True story. And here we are at the end of another episode of Proper English. As always, we hope you've had fun listening in on our conversation. We really do. Why not recommend us to a friend? Or a colleague. Or a nephew. Or a great aunt. Or an average aunt. Seriously, it makes us so happy when we get new subscribers. We also love getting feedback. It's great when you tell us what you like about the episodes, just like Carla did. But we also want to know what you would like us to do better, or if there's something you think we need to discuss in a future episode. But how, Dave? How? Well, our email address is properenglish... Or one word. ...at sapo.pt. Or you can go to Instagram or Twitter or Facebook if you haven't. So until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to Proper, Proper English. English.